Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Look at all these bright, shining faces this morning. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Crossroads. My name is Dion. Um, we're just, hi, we're just very glad that you guys are uh, taking some time to join us this morning, spend a little time here, nice air conditioning. Um, we just welcome you to Crossroads. Would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to be able to serve our, our town, um, serve the families here inside of this church, showing, just being able to show people who you are. Um, just through very tangible and practical means. Um, Lord, we thank you for today's message as we take a look at some unlikely people that you chose to work through to just make an absolute difference in the world. Um, and you still get to do that today, Lord. Um, it is humbling to know that you would choose to work through average everyday people like us um, just to show your power and your love and your mercy. And so we thank you for that. Um, and we look forward to what we have to learn today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, that is what we're going to be talking about today. We are still in our series going through the book of Acts called Acting Out. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the main players that God, that God used, and they are absolutely just like us, which is just the coolest thing ever. Thanks, guys. This, uh, the concept of being filled with his presence, you know, there's a, a mystical reality, and I, I can't understand it, uh, that... That God does become present in a way that we can sense, that we can know. Uh, one of the, I know this sounds like, uh, gee, Bill, you should know that. It is a surprise to me uh, in the morning. It's a pleasant surprise to get up and to, to take that time with God and to find out that he's fully present. That he's more than available to encourage, to teach to correct when necessary, that the reality of our God is that he's always present. And it's those times when we stop and acknowledge it uh, that just becomes special. So great song to start out with in his presence. Uh, for those of you who don't know me and maybe those out online, my name is Bill. And uh, it's a joy to be here today. I'm very excited about our topic. I'm excited actually about what God is doing so many areas. Uh, of our world today, although we don't often see it, but God is at work, uh, not only in the world, not only in our politics and our legal system and everything else, but God's at work, and he's at work in our lives. So that's really what we're talking about today, and it's, it's what we've been talking about now for nine weeks. For those of you who have endured or had the pleasure, whichever way you see it, uh, for the last several weeks, we've been studying the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is just a chronicle. It's a historical novel, novel, a, a historical book that lays out accurately what happened to the early church. How they went from that time where we started our study when after Jesus had risen from the dead, that he ascended to heaven. He gave for 40 days convincing proof of his resurrection after everyone had seen him dead. Everyone saw him alive, interacted with him, touched him, walked with him, and everything else. So 40 days of convincing proof. And then he stands on the Mount of Olives, and he ascends into the clouds. But he not only ascends into the clouds, he ascends with a promise of the angels around him. Just as he departed here, he will return. He will come back to the Mount of Olives in Israel. And in the world, this is the supernatural part, in the world, when he comes back, every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, even those who are opposed 
to Jesus Christ and everything Christian in our country and in our world, when he comes back, every eye will see him. He will come from the clouds. He will put his feet on the Mount of Olives and he will rule and reign here for a thousand years. Uh, how cool is that? You've got to be careful. That's where we started. Each week we've moved through this book of Acts with the church being unleashed. And what happened at the day of Pentecost, power, and the word is dunamis in the Greek, where we get the word dynamite. You will receive power uh, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Each follower of Christ was filled with God's presence, his Holy Spirit, his wisdom, uh, and, and his power. And they went out and they changed the world. Uh, they, they started acting out, acting out like a Christian to behave as Jesus would in that situation. And each of us are empowered to let Christ work through us so that in our conflicts, our joys, uh, our problems, we can also have that relationship with God. And so we, these people, the followers of Christ, the disciples were launched into the world to carry what we call the gospel, the good news of Jesus. They carried this message of good news. Well, it was, why, was, why was the message of Jesus good news? We spent some time with that. Well, first off, because it's true. It's not a religious, religious proposition that Jesus rose from the dead. It's a historical fact. Disciples didn't go out talking theology and all this. They went out telling people in, in a culture that didn't believe in life after death, personal life after death, that there is a personal life after death. We, the essence of who we are, are eternal beings. We choose if we're going to spend it in heaven or hell. It's literally our choice. There is, there is eternal life for everybody because the soul that God created is eternal, if you will, inside of us. So that they go out and get to tell them good news that, that you can spend eternity with God in heaven you can have your sins forgiven here. Your relationships can be transformed because we're transformed by the power and the nature and the ability of the Holy Spirit inside of us. This is good news, and they spread it everywhere uh, that they were going. We've been looking at that. They went from Jesus, good start, 12 disciples to 120 on the day of Pentecost uh, to 3,000, then 5,000, then 2 million at the end of the Roman Empire at that time. And during that time, we now have, or coming to this time, we have 2.38 billion people who checked the Christian box. Their message has spread uh, throughout the world, uh, the, those who, who know about Christ in this world. Uh, this is, this is the founding and the running of the church, and it hasn't stopped. And as we talked last week, we talked about uh, several of the main players. Actually, each week, we've talked about many of them that you know, main players, those who are not ashamed uh, to go out and do that. Now, I'm going to put up a, a, a read to you a list of characters who are main players, and we all know them by their name, if we've been in the Bible at all. Main characters in the book of Acts would be Peter, the apostle, who stood up on Pentecost and gave a very powerful sermon. James, the half-brother of Jesus, who turned out to be the leader of the early church uh, as time went on, the administrative leader. Stephen, who was ultimately a, a uh, clear spokesman for Christ. He was stoned and killed. Philip, Barnabas, Silas, uh, Cornelius, Timothy, Titus, Lydia, Luke, 
and Apollos. These are main players. These are the guys we would recognize. They are so cool in my mind. Their names are in there. We look at what they did. I can't wait to get to heaven and say, explain this verse to me or thank you, thank you for what you did, the courage that you had. And, and again, one of the common things of the disciples and the followers of Christ is they died for their faith, saying it's true. They, they, they stamped, if you will, the authenticity of their testimony that we read in the Bible with their blood. This is truth that we get. I can't wait. And they're Old Testament guys. They're going to be in heaven too. Enoch, Noah, Moses, King David. Look at this crew. Where'd that slide come from, you troublemakers? Uh, this, this is what heaven's going to be like. Not cartoon characters, but the real deal. Where we can go in and touch them. When we can talk to them. When we can interact with them. Uh, that's what we're looking forward to. So as I got started today, I thought about all these main characters. I was really excited about them. And I was eager to talk about them. But I think... God gave me a different picture. Behind each of these main characters was a cast of unknown people. People who were separated from public knowledge. They were unnamed. Their names aren't in the Bible. They're not in the Bible. Some are. We're going to list some of them. They're unnamed. They're nobodies. They're nobodies who chose to serve Christ. We know some of their names. Now, we don't know much about them other than just a glimpse or most of these names that I'm going to read are just given, just their names. We don't know who they are. They're in the book. Uh, Philemon has a letter to him, but Onesimus, I love Onesimus. Onesimus was a slave who ran away from his master. 90% of the uh, people in the Roman Empire were slaves, by the way. Not as we consider slaves in our country, but they were, part of, they were slaves, but they were part of a family maybe for generations, and they ran businesses, had their own families, had their own living quarters in many cases. They, they were slaves, but under the co control of their master. They, and Onesimus ran away, and so it was a death sentence to him. But by God's plan... He came to know Paul when he was in prison, became a Christian, and, and he goes out with the ministry and is mentioned inside the Bible. Uh, Onesimus, Julia, uh, Urbanus, uh, each one of these people were mentioned in the Bible. Their names are there, but we're even going further than that today. We're going to the ones who aren't mentioned, people who you'll never know as far as the scripture is concerned. We'll know them when we get to heaven. Uh, today we're talking about the hands and feet of Jesus Christ for the last 2,000 years. They're members of the church, the support cast, the unknown, uh, the unexalted, if you will, at that time. Not known to anybody but Jesus Christ and to the Father. So those are the ones we're talking about today that cause us. And I want to introduce one of my favorite people in the Bible that we talked about several weeks ago. Uh, because when, in, when miracles were introduced... It was introduced through a man. This man was, uh, we put his picture up before. He's laying, he's, he's crippled. He's been crippled his whole life. We put this slide up several weeks ago. And, and this is a main character. What's his name? No one knows. What happened to him after this moment, after this, this moment of glory? We don't know. But what do we know? 
we know that he fulfilled God's role and mission inside of his life. Because at one point in his life, he's, he's laying out in front of the temple. Now, now, don't lose the picture that he had been lame and unable to walk his whole life. Every day of his life, he was put on a pallet and he was carried out to sit in front of the temple to beg for resources and money to be able to support himself, obviously, and his family who carried him out there. He was, he was lame. And so uh, Jesus had walked by him. Everyone had walked by him. They knew who he was. They, they saw him there every day. Uh, and so, but Peter comes walking by and he says, silver and gold have I none. But what I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Get up. And he took up his right hand and he raised him immediately to his feet. Here's a, here's a major miracle. And this, by the way, 5,000 people came to know Christ because of this miracle, because of this unnamed man laying by the side of the road. Well, how did they know him? Not only did they see the miracle, but let's talk about what happened. Leaping up, he stood up and began to walk. He enters the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. He got up, and he started telling people, what happened to him? They saw him. Then they saw him come up, and, and he's in there telling his story. And by the way, just before we go on, everyone here has a story if you know Christ. It's our story. He has a story. I have a story. Every follower of Christ has a story. At some point, we were far from God. And God comes in, and through a miracle, really, of rebirth to be born again, we now have a new story. And he's telling that new story, but very important with him. This unnamed, anonymous, nobody, a person of no influence or consequences, fulfills his purpose in God's kingdom. And a verse that uh, is, I, I want to haunt you with, and I say that in the most loving way. For each follower of Christ, we are God's workmanship, his creation. The word is poema, we're his poem. For each of us is God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, to do things for God, to glorify God, which God prepared beforehand, even before the foundation of the world, that we should walk in him. This man was lame his whole life. I don't mean lame in a slamming term or an insulting term. I mean lame in a physical sense. But he suffered through those years of humiliation for this moment. And God knew that it was coming. Now, uh, did he pray for healing? I'm sure he did. Did his family pray for healing? Absolutely. Did his prayers go unanswered? Absolutely not. It was wait. Your moment is coming. And then he was healed. We have to turn around and we have to recognize in our own lives, we sit at a place, if we've, we've come to a place in Christ, we're God's workmanship created for our time, our season, our place when the time comes. This is not remove theology from a dusty book. This is living in our lives. And so, so he goes out and spreads the word about Jesus Christ, the evangelist. Main point, Ephesians 2.10, you'll hear it many times. We're going to meet people who entered at just the right time and carried out what God has in store for him. In my opinion, this man that we just talked about is a main player. 
And I can't wait to heaven, get to heaven and talk to him. Golly, you are such an encouragement to me. Thank you for doing your part. Peter's going to be there, but I want to talk to this guy. Because all of us go through disappointment. All of us go through challenges. All of us have handicaps. And yet often we just live in them. And, but our time is coming. And the time will be, it may be when we leave this earth, that we'll be fully restored. I don't know. But whatever it is, we have to trust God. Now, let's, the nobody becomes the somebody. Let's, let's talk about one more of them as they went along. Uh, uh, another unnamed man, another story. This, he's sitting by what's called the, the Pool of Bethesda, where Bethesda Hospital, the famous hospital of, doctor, of presidents, uh, is mentioned. Bethesda, a place of healing, that this water would be stirred up. If you got in the water in time, you'd be healed. Well, this guy couldn't get in there. So Jesus comes to him and says, hey, why aren't you healed? He says, I can't get in the water. I'm not quick enough. Everyone gets in there, cuts me out of the pattern. So he's been laying his whole life in this thing. Uh, Forty years, he's there by the pool. Jesus says, oh, well, stinks to be you. He didn't say that. He said, pick up your bed. Walk. It's your moment. It's your time. It's your place. Jesus says, get up and walk. He spends, again, this man for his whole life, lame, unable to walk, is told to pick up his bed and walk. And he does. And, and the crowds, of course, look at it, but he gets in trouble for the religious leaders at that time. They, they, get, they get mad at this guy. And so they're saying, hey, it's a Sabbath. You can't walk. He says, well, this man told me to do it. And they said, what man? And he said, I don't know. I'm clueless. He didn't even know who Jesus was. Later, afterwards, Jesus finds him in the temple and said to him, ah, see, you're well. We'll sin no more, so nothing else is going to come. And he went away and told all the Jews it was Jesus. He goes to the Jewish leaders at that time who were antichrist, uh, literally, uh, and against everything Jesus was doing, and says, it was Jesus that did it. So he proclaims and starts to preach Jesus to the very people who ultimately will kill Jesus. And everyone listening in, by the way, in the crowds. I'm sure he wasn't silent. Another unnamed, unknown uh, person got into trouble for it. Huge point, again, he fulfilled his calling, his moment, his time. Works prepared before the foundation of the world, before he was conceived, before he was born. That moment in time had been prepared. Let's go on to not a, a physical uh, and being lame, but how about being blind? We know this story. Uh, and oh, by the way, we, we find out that one of the blind guys, his name is Bartimaeus, and we know him. Not this one, but here we go. Jesus passes by a, a blind man from when? Temporary? No. From birth. This man had been blind, and his parents uh, said, he's born blind. This is the way he was, and, and they're going in Jesus. This is, is this, they asked Jesus, his disciples, is this man sinned or something? Is that it? Because that's what they thought back then. They thought that if you had sickness or ailment, uh, that it was because you had sinned and done something wrong. Job's antagonists were telling him the same thing. We call it karma today. Very common in, in the first century, actually it's throughout all history, that do bad, get bad. Do good, get good. Uh, and so they assumed this guy was blind because his parents had sinned or someone had sinned. Something, 
And God says, no, no, no. Look what he says, no. He says, no, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. That the works of God, his moment, his, he was a creation of God, just like I've been talking about. And just comes out of that. He's God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, prepared beforehand. He's living them out in this story. And I love his story because he, he is now standing in the middle of the temple. There's crowds gathering around him. The Jewish leaders are coming at him, trying to say, oh, who did this? Because they're trying to discredit Jesus. And, and yet Jesus is the one doing the talking. And so they're asking him, what's going on? He said, this, this Jesus, the, the leaders say, this Jesus, he's a sinner. But look at his response. He preaches to the religious leaders of the time. Whether, whether this Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, I was blind and now I see. He testified what was truth in his life. He was blind and now he sees. He tells his story. That, by the way, that's part of my story. Not that I was blind, but I was blind to the truth. Because we live our lives without Christ, we don't know truth. When we know truth, we can now see. So he answers, uh, I don't know, I was blind, now I can see. And, then they, and now they keep pressing him and pushing him. Look at this guy. Now here, here's a guy who's under the control of the, of the religious leaders. They could stone him and kill him. By the way, that was their, they had the ability to do that. Uh, they had to do it quickly before the Romans got there and said, but they could, they could stone people. Stephen had already been stoned. And, uh, but they could put him out of the temple. They could put him out of the, the community of Jewish people. This was very big. All their support structure taken away. They can't go into synagogues or the temple. And so, he's, so he comes back at him and say, okay. They said to him, what did he do? And listen to what he said. I told you already. I told you what Jesus did. You know, he came by, he touched me, and, and I, I was blind, and now I can see. But listen to the rest of it. Uh, and, and you would not listen. Do you want to hear it again? Or better yet, do you also want to become his disciples? Hey, you religious leader, he's in their face talking about the one who healed him. Do you want to be? And of course they didn't, and he knew that. But he boldly states the truth. You know, this is... This is an unknown educating the elite of the religious world at that particular time. The next one, and again, I, I, by the way, there's no end to these stories. I just picked some that are my favorite. This is a, uh, a person that was full of demons. He had a thousand demons in him. Jesus gets in the boat, goes to the other side uh, of the uh, Sea of Galilee, and he gets out, and as a demon dude... They don't call him dude in the Bible. But this demon guy uh, comes up and, and comes to Jesus, and he's, he's been in the tombs the whole time. He's cutting himself. He's bleeding. They've tried to uh, hold him back. He's just a wild man, and uh, he breaks chains, and he's just one bad dude. So he runs up to Jesus and, and knows who he is. And the demons start pleading, don't, don't cast this out into the hell. Don't do that. And then Jesus says, well, how many are in there? A thousand. A thousand. A legion, he says. So he said, they said, don't throw us out. Throw us in those pigs over there. Now, what Jewish boys were doing with pigs is another story. They were obviously selling them to the Romans. They, bacon was banned back there. That's a horrendous thing to think about. 
Uh, talk about bad teaching. Uh, and so uh, he, he casts out all the demons in, in, into, the, uh, into the pigs. Now, I've said this so many times. I asked last night, pop quiz, how many, what was this? What, did, what was the real outcome of the demon going into the pigs? Deviled ham. You see, someone has listened to me over the years. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm going to go home and cook some. The, uh, <laughs> but he wants to go with Jesus, wouldn't you? But Jesus says, no. He says, you know, you're unknown before, but now you take what you know, and you go back, and you tell your people. And he went into this, the, the, the Diopolis was 10 cities, 10 regions, that he went and spread the name of Jesus to them, who never would have heard him other than a man delivered from demons, went to him, and what did he tell him? He said, I once was full of demons, now I'm not. He told him his story. Just like you have a story, I have a story. He told his story to the people that were there. One last one. There's too many. One last one was uh, a woman at a well. She was in Samaria. Jesus made a special trip to go see her. Normally, Jews would go around Samaria. He says, nope, we're going right through it. And he came to a well. He came to it at noon. His disciples went into town. He was tired and stayed there. He, he was waiting for an appointment that was made before the foundation of the world. He sat there tired and thirsty. And a woman with a water pot came up to him. Now, recognize at noon, women went to get water morning or night. The only one who would go during the day was a disgraced woman who didn't want to be around the other women who would have scorned her and talked trash to her and maybe even mistreated her. So at noon, when all the other women were gone, this woman sneaks out there with a pot to get water. She runs into Jesus sitting there, and he asks her for water. They engage in a conversation. All this is totally against all Jewish custom. They don't talk to Samaritans. They never talk to a woman in public. Jesus steps across all these boundaries, and he starts a discussion with her about water and living water, and he says some things, and finally she starts pushing. He tells her the story of her life, talks about her immorality, how many times she'd been married, and, how many, and now she's now living with someone who's not her husband, and that's why she's out there at noon. He calls her out. But what was the result of calling her out? He did something for her, and it's the first person that he actually told her and said that he was the Messiah. He was the promised one of God. He was walking among her. I am the living water, he tells her. If you drink of me, you won't be thirsty anymore. So in this moment, this point in time, this woman, who is a disgrace to her community, what does she do? She sprints back, goes back, sprints, gets rapidly, goes back into town. And she starts telling everybody about this man who told her about her whole life. And what's the result? Many Samaritans in that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony and, and all that he had told her. So a revival starts. Jesus, who, wouldn't, who wasn't supposed to be there at all, came, stayed two more days, and there was a revival in that town. Do you think that woman's going to be in heaven? I think so. 
no shame, no blame, no nothing. Cleansed in Christ just like you and me. And she'll be telling that story. And prayerfully, we get to tell her our story at the same time. This is the woman at the well. Do, do you get my point? Jesus is Jesus. He is the good news. And he changes lives. He changes lives of the headliners, and he changes lives of the unknown. Please, each person that we just talked about, and each person sitting here, if we choose to follow Christ, are created for a moment, a time, a ministry, to do works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is not a removed lesson. If you're a follower of Christ here, you're called just as I am and just as every other follower of Christ, is we're called to do good works, which God planned beforehand that we should walk in them. Today is about the unknown, the unnamed, the insignificant inside of our lives. Men, women, boys who changed the world over the years. They were, they were filled with power and did that. And so... I'm going to talk about them because sometimes we put these guys in a category off there uh, and say, oh, well, they were up. No, they were changed just like us. I want you to listen to one of their prayers uh, that they got together after these miracles are taking place. This is in Acts 4, and they're praying to God. They're, they're all huddled together again, the group, the body of Christ, gathered together, and they pray. Now, Lord, look upon their threats, the people on the outside. They're they had just been arrested and beaten. These things are taking place. And, and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. I don't care about the threats. I don't care about anything else. I want to speak with boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal with signs and wonders that are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, the, the place where they were, in which they were gathered together, it was shaken. It, it started to shake. I won't ask you, but stop and think, where were you when the 7.3 hit? Do you remember it? Yeah. Do you think they remembered this moment? I think they remembered this moment. 7.3 uh, would be minor to what they experienced. And uh, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They were unashamed because they knew Jesus. There's no turning back. They knew danger waited around the corner. They'd already started to, to be persecuted, beaten, and killed, in fact. And yet they said, let's go. They were part of what we call the fellowship of the unashamed, the unknown. We're going to watch a video about what a biblical Christian, how he identifies himself. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away or be still. My past redeemed, my present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame vision, worldly talking, cheap giving and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, position, promotion, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience. I am uplifted by prayer and labor empowered. My face is set, my grace. 
greatest fast my goal is heaven my road is narrow my way is rough my companions are few my god reliable my mission is clear i cannot be buffed compromised detoured lured away turned back deluded or delayed i will not flinch in the face of sacrifice hesitate in the presence of my adversaries negotiate at the table of my enemy or ponder at the pool of popularity Give up, shut up, let up until I've stayed up, thought up, prayed up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. We have come to a great deception in 2022. We think that. Christianity is a private thing we keep to ourselves that makes a minor difference inside of our life. No, it is the most radical transformation that can take place in a human being's life. To go from the control of Satan to the control of Jesus. Everything changed. We're powered with the Holy Spirit. Christ now lives in us because we've laid our lives down. This, this, this video that we just watched stated a truth that many people shy away from. The truth is that we are followers of the Savior of the world and we carry the message. We spread it with boldness and confidence and with love. We speak truth to those that are around us. We do that inside of our lives. We grow up as well done, faithful Good and faithful servant. This is what we're wanting to hear when we walk through the gates of heaven. Jesus Christ will look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with what I've given you on earth. Enter into the joy of your master. Speaking the truth in love. That's what we're to do. We're to grow up into all aspects unto the him who is the head, even Christ. We're to grow to be like Christ inside of our lives. We're joined together by which every joint provides. We're equipped. We're gifted. We have the ability to serve Christ, and we're called to do it. works properly when each individual part does itself. To the one who conquers, we'll be clothed in white garden, uh, garments. Our name will not be blotted out of the book of life. This is, this is the book of life that was before the foundation of the world. He knew those who would say yes. And he had prepared them for the moment when they had the opportunity. God knows the names of the unknown, the unexalted, those who are here who serve daily in this church and churches all over the world. God knows their names. God knows your name. If you, if you serve in greeting, if you serve in hospitality, if you serve in cleaning the church when no one else is around, if right, you hear the pitter-patter of little feet that sound like a herd of elephants upstairs, there's, there's elephant herders up there that are controlling those little beasties. Oh, excuse me, those, those dear children that are up there. Uh, or beasties, however you look at them sometimes. But they are transforming the lives of the kids. Now, one of the things that we really encourage everyone that's a follower of Christ to do is to be part of what God is doing here at Crossroads and in the world. What, what gives us the boldness to do that and to ask not for the goodness of the church. God takes care of that. It's for your goodness. You want a purpose to live? 
It isn't seeing how many points you can rack up on some stupid game that's mind-numbing. It's not how many uh, thumbs up you get on your post. That's nothing. It's for Christ to say, well done, good and faithful servant, uh, as we enter in. The significance of the insignificant started with Jesus Christ. He says, don't do anything out of selfish ambition or pride, uh, but with humility of mind, consider each other as more important than yourselves. If we're serving other people, we consider them more important than ourselves. And we're told to have the attitude in us that was in Christ. Even though he was God, he came to be a servant for us. And, and we're told to have the same thing, even as Christ to the point of death. We serve till we drop. Jesus tells them, uh, his followers, he says, knowing, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he'd come from God, going back to God, he rose after supper, and here they're sitting around a table, and they have supper, but he gets up, takes off his robe, uh, and he, get, he gets down, he gets water, and he starts washing their feet. Are you kidding me? This is, he acknowledges who he is. He knows he's come from God, and he's going back to God. What, is, what does he consider one of the most important things to do in his last few hours? He has less than, what, less than 24 hours, something like 18 hours to live. He washes feet. That is so challenging, but it gets worse, or better, however you look at it. Because he turns around, and, and he gives them the next command, next insight, knowing knowing, if you will, do you understand what I've done? He's asking his disciples then, and he's really asking each person here that it's a, that's a follower of Christ. Do you know what I just did? I washed feet. I did. You go wash feet. You go wash feet. You make your life count for something besides ourselves. Go serve other people. You know, uh, and he says, uh, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. We are not greater than Jesus Christ, nor a messenger than him ascending. If you know these things, if you blessed if you do them. Out of the, now, again, this is for Christians. Serve other people. That's our part to play. Because we all have a part to play. And each person has a gift. Each person that knows Christ is here. And if, 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 you, if you're not a Christ follower, uh, this will be true for you. You have a part to play. Each one of us has received a special gift. Serve one another as good stewards of the grace of God. So that everything, God may be glorified by our work. We are his workmanship for just that purpose. The unnamed, the anonymous, the nobody is the foundation of the Christian church. We, Dion said it, we couldn't open the doors without volunteers. We couldn't do anything without tech support, without all the things that take place inside of our community here today. And what's the final moment of judgment? If you will, just this. Jesus is going to stand before a moment of judgment and we're told that everyone will gather before him. And this is, this is a chilling, challenging point. Because he's going to tell a group of people, you didn't serve me, even though 
you know, they, they, they live their lives down here. And uh, they're going to say, when didn't we serve you? When you didn't do it for the poor, the needy, and the hopeless. Because that's what we've been talking about today. The lame, the blind. When you didn't do it for them, you didn't do it for me. And the righteous on the other side, that's the unrighteous. The righteous who've been serving God the whole time. It says, Lord, when did we see you hungry, feed you, and thirsty? I said, when you do it unto the least of these. This picture would, exam would put in front of us today some of the least. This is who we serve. This is what we do. The unnamed, the unknown. So you, having done everything that's been commanded. This is our response to God's reward to us. Don't miss it. It's not pride. It's not stacking up crowns that we might be recognized in heaven. When Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant, we don't pump up. because we, we haven't done anything. Only Christ working through us. The correct response is when you've done all that's commanded. When we walk into heaven, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Our response is, Lord, out of love for you, we've only done what we're supposed to do. One of the great traps of Christianity in 2022 is people think we're going to get these rewards in heaven. We're serving here to get rewards then. That very hope and that very plan is the exact thing that will keep us from going to heaven. We serve out of love, and we are unworthy slaves. The, the elders, the, the name people, the main players up there that we think about, they take off their crowns and put them in front of Christ knowing that it was him working through them. That's heaven. What's our job? Go tell people. Go tell people. We're nobodies. We are nobodies. But go tell people. We'll receive power. Why don't you put the chorus up? We're going to listen to a song and close. And uh, it starts out with, I'm just a nobody. Well, I'm just a nobody. This song sticks in my mind because I remember a person in town was saying to everyone, I'm just a nobody. I'm a nobody. And then they won an award. And they played this song. See if you can relate to it. Just so you know what we just watched in that video, just some background. Uh, Casting Crowns is a band that was playing. This great, wonderful band. Uh, the leader of that band is a youth pastor. They travel all over the world, and he does everything he can to get back to his youth group every week supporting the local church. He's telling everybody, about somebody who saved his soul, but he supports the body of Christ, not only internationally, but he rushes back. Matthew West is the one who walked up to the end. If you study his ministry and his ability to reach out to people, we showed a video a couple of weeks ago called A Wonderful Life, where he connected with a man in the last stages of cancer, or the last stages of life right before he died, and he told his story. we run many videos of Matthew West in connection with people as he reaches out and changes lives and tells everybody about somebody who saved his souls. You see, he, they have stories. So do we. If you don't have a story, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, and we can help you come to that place, give us a call. Give us a call. If you know what I'm talking about, 
Go tell somebody your story. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're the God that rules and reigns over all. That, that you choose nobodies to be significant, to be main players at our moment, at just the right moment in our story. We intersect our life with someone else where we can tell them how much you love us and how much you changed us. Thank you that you will give us the courage, the wisdom, and the ability to make that difference. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. And again, thank everyone for coming. Uh, please eat the healthy donuts. I wish we had bacon to serve you uh, as we go forward. But thanks for coming here. Join us next week.